You're listening to Melody AM. Before we begin, we'd like to mention a content warning, as this episode does include references to sexual assault. Our guest, Jenny Wilson, has also provided us with a home recording of one of her tracks, which was written in the aftermath of a sexual assault. Hey, hello, and welcome to Melody AM, the Nordic music podcast. As you may have gathered by now, we are quite keen on music from the Nordics, being Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Finland, Iceland, and the Faroe Islands. His name is Chris. And he's Duron. And Chris, am I right in saying that you actually got to see the Northern Lights this week? Well, you could kind of put it that way. Basically, they were out in an enormous display on Friday night, and I was in bed. Uh, so I missed them entirely and woke up the next morning instead to a full stream on Instagram of just endless pictures of the Northern Lights on their one-in-a-lifetime display in central Stockholm. So that was a joy. Um, so on the Saturday, I decided that I was determined to see them. I was out at midnight at the top of Montelliersvägen, a famous tourist spot in Stockholm. And I did see a gentle whisper of northern lights in the sky, but I don't really feel like I can say I have experienced them in the full Joanna Lumley sense of the word. <laughs> a gentle whisper of northern lights. That sounds magical. That's right. And you know, I've heard holiday stories of people who booked trips, especially to Iceland or Finland, to see the northern lights. And they didn't turn up. They they were camera shy. They being the Northern Lights, of course, which ended up being a huge disappointment for all involved. Exactly. Whereas I'm in the lucky position of living almost far enough north that they will occasionally just pop out and I can take look at them while I'm taking out my recycling, for example. The mere notion that you can be just minding your own business, taking down the recycling, and suddenly you are met by the Northern Lights is just so thrilling to me. You know, when I take down the recycling here in South London, the most exciting thing that might happen is I might bump into the local neighborhood fox, which, don't get me wrong, is actually very exciting. But uh, comparatively speaking, it's not quite the Northern Lights, is it? Pretty special, right? Listeners who checked out our first episode will know that Chris recommended that if I was serious about one day moving to Sweden, I should try and pick up a Facts About Sweden poster somewhere. I must admit that I failed in that task, uh, but one thing that I did manage to find is a young adult's version of one of my favourite childhood novels, which is Selma Lagerlöf's novel The Wonderful Adventures of Niels Holgersson. It's a Swedish book that was very very popular in Sweden and also across the world because it was then televised, uh, well there was an animated version of the story on television when I was a child and it tells the story of a young rascal called Niels who is not very nice to the farmyard animals that live with him and his family and he torments them and as punishment he gets turned into a small version of himself carried on the backs of wild geese across all of their journeys across Sweden and 
Uh, there's a, an iconic moment in the book where they end up in Karlskrona, which is a southern Swedish town in the region of Blekinge. And there, Nils meets with the King of Sweden, and lots of adventures ensue. I'm telling you this uh, wonderful and possibly slightly boring for you story because I am learning Swedish at the moment and one of the things that my teacher recommended is that I check out some of my favorite stories and try and read them in Swedish uh, to try and improve my language. And this is also nicely linked to the region where our guest today on our podcast comes from. Is it a herd of wild geese? Oh gosh, we should definitely plan that for a future episode. Uh, let me just make a note of that. It is the one and only Jenny Wilson, who is hands down one of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters. And we were very lucky to get the chance to interview Jenny just before her concert in Stockholm in December. We did, so she'd just arrived on the train back from Gothenburg and we were at Södra Teatern in Stockholm and she generously gave us some of her time even though she hadn't even soundchecked yet and it was quite an interesting experience because throughout the interview as we were recording occasionally we'd have visits from some of her bandmates uh, making coffee, offering us coffee so sometimes that might be reflected in the interview but it was a fantastic time and uh, she was a great, very generous person to interview. Jenny first burst into the scene in the late 90s with her band First Floor Power, which was based in Malmö. And she had very high-profile fans, so Olof and Karin from Gothenburg-based band The Knife were huge fans of First Floor Power, and so much so that they invited Jenny to be a guest vocalist on their 2003 single You Take My Breath Away. And the verses on that song include a lot of mutual referencing and mutual admiration between the two acts. And they loved her music so much that they in fact offered to release her solo album, Love and Youth, on their own record label, Rabbit. Jenny then appeared on Robin's EP, the Racamoni EP. And anyone who listened last time will know that I'm a huge Robin fan, so that is where I first discovered her. Together they did a cover of List of Demands, and after that, she released her album Hardships, which, Duron, I believe is one of your all-time favourite records. That's absolutely spot on. I think I've described it before as a sort of modern Joni Mitchell album, I guess. And I think the timbre of Jenny's voice on this record really, really reminds me of uh, Joni Mitchell. And it's just a beautiful and rich album where she explores the notion of motherhood she had become a mother herself a few years earlier and it was a brilliant album that i think deserved so much more success and unfortunately when jenny was planning a tour for it she was then diagnosed with breast cancer and that sort of changed the course of promotional events for her i guess and for the album and there followed a few years with their own hardships, whereby Jenny had recurring breast cancer and a sexual assault, which Jenny subsequently documented in her albums Exorcism and Trauma. And in the show as well, Who's Afraid of Jenny Wilson? 
which you and I saw together with Minute Taker, who did our theme tune, in Stockholm back in 2018, I think it was. And that was a really powerful show. And Jenny was supposed to then take part in another theatrical production of Orlando in uh, a theatre in Malmö. And that's when the pandemic hit and a tour had to be cancelled and plans had to be changed. And she returned last year with quite a few different projects, didn't she, Chris? That's right. Last year was a busy and successful year for Jenny. First of all, she released the album Driften with her boyfriend Christian Ekval from the band Octopus Ride. Described as erotic horror ambient music. And after that, she produced the album by Nicole Sabune, which I think is a brilliant record. I absolutely recommend anyone listening should check that out. And then finally came her latest album, Mesterwerket. And as you'll hear from our interview in a few moments, there were quite a few other projects that Jenny was involved in during the pandemic and which are due to come out very soon. So it was definitely a productive time for her. That's right. Now, Chris, I have a question for you because one of the things that uh, came up in our interview with Jenny was Sveriges Demokraterna, which is one of the political parties in the country. As someone who is based in the country, can you tell our listeners who might not be familiar with the party a little bit about it just for context? They are the Swedish Democrats. Uh, They have their roots, actually, in the Nazi party, if that tells you anything about them. Um, They always poll quite highly, sadly. Uh, They generally get around about 20% of the vote nowadays. And as all these parties are, they're anti-immigrant and anti-progress. Hey Jenny, hey. thank you so much for joining us on Melody AM. Hello, hey, welcome to Stockholm. It's so nice to meet you here backstage at Södra Teatern. Yeah, it's We're lovely. We're performing today. You are on a tour at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you uh, been doing this tour now? Oh, it, it feels like it has been going on for weeks, but it's actually just the third night tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So it's not like a, a world tour, it's just a, a small tour. And with such an extensive back catalogue, how have you chosen what to perform tonight? Obviously it's the yeah, Mr. Beckett that, tour. That's always so um, difficult, I think, because when you have a new album, um, you kind of need to rearrange your old stuff. And um, when I released my albums, Demand the Impossible and Exorcism and tra- um, Trauma. I really had to, you know, rethink so much with the old ma- material. But now um, with Mesta Vacket, it's more. It was actually easier to uh, to let the old material into this the Mesta yeah. costume, or do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I've been trying to just find my favorites, I guess. And also, for example, we, we would play Left My Shoes, Leave Me Forward, because I don't really love to play that song, but I, I, I love to play it when I see the audience, because the audience likes it so much. <laughs> but how do you like the new reworking? Yeah, I really love it, but we're so new to each other, the band. I play with my sister, and we have played hundreds and hundreds of gigs together, so we are really, really, we really understand each other. 
But the rest of the band, the drummer, the bass player, and the we are totally new to each other. Um, the bass player Magnus and Christine, who plays the cello, they um, they played on my record. But that's something different than playing live because live it's so much now here. We have to trust each other. We have to really understand each other and. For me, every gig is different from the other, so they really have to keep up with me, what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm not giving them an easy time, I think, <laughs> on stage, like, ah! <laughs> uh, so, so it's really new still. Yeah. We just played two gigs so far, and we've been like, okay, see what's happening. Uh, I was really nervous before because we also just had four days of rehearsal, which is crazy, a little. I. Yeah. I usually work much more, um, but but I think we actually, I, I don't know, I, I, ju I just find, you know, being on a stage, uh, performing live is my natural habitat, I think. I have been doing some solo gigs during this COVID years, uh, but that's not, that's also fun, but it's something completely different. And you had quite a few shows cancelled before COVID and, and, and during COVID. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I was um, working on a theatrical play in Malmö, um, where I worked for a, a few months, maybe three months or so. and. Then the plan was for me to do a complete back catalogue uh, tour uh, just um, a very short time after and I, I just, I didn't have the en energy and I felt really fragile so actually my boyfriend said I think you should ca cancel it because you don't really look well now, it's like pale and just too stressed so I had to can cancel a few gigs. It does actually take quite a bit of um, courage and strength to, to acknowledge that. that and kind Yeah, of I couldn't I really take that decision myself. So I, I think that was thanks to him that I counseled. Uh, and I'm very grateful that he, he saw me. And I know that I am very, I become my, um, my art so much. So it's not that strange that I'm very tired after, you know, after one uh, tour or one, uh, sh you know, show. Of course. So, I so I, I promised myself, actually, I'm, I'm in this COVID year or year and a half or what, whatever it is, I've been taking care of myself in a new way. I've quit drinking alcohol. I, um, which, I mean, I, yeah, that that was a, a very great and wonderful thing for me to do because I, it was like it was a burden to have you know, okay, a glass of wine every night, you know. So, uh, uh, and for me, it was like, okay, now I actually can breathe and I can focus a lot better and 
do yoga, you know, good things. And, um, and I felt so very good during this years. Uh, so now when everything is up and running again, it's like, okay, I need to remember to, to take care of myself. But you've also been extremely productive this year. You've mm. done the Driften album mm. and obviously Master Beckett mm. and produced Nicole Sabunet. So yeah. clearly, maybe COVID has inspired you in yeah. some way. The, not the COVID itself. Yeah, but no, the, yeah, exactly. I think just the break from all the things that happens, you know, and and you you always have to travel a lot, and all that just disappeared, and that was so nice. But I think. The, the main reason that I could remain so focused and so productive was that I, I, I really had you know, decided that now it's the time for me to clean the house. You know, like, okay, what's good for me? What's not good for me? And when you take away all the bad things, then uh, you have a lot of air to breathe. And clarity. Yeah, and clarity. And actually, I, I, I had so much space in my head and mind, so I could be so productive. Not only did I actually do the three albums you mentioned, I, I also collaborated with a lot of different artists. So, yeah. So it's been really productive. Yeah, but still not at all, you know, stressful. the start of the European lockdown and mm-hmm. when everybody was having their shows cancelled, mm-hmm. you were one of the first people to go and do a show online when you did the performance with Culture Stream Malmö. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, that was fun and a, a bit strange. But then I, you know, then I did a couple, maybe four more, you know, mm-hmm. streamed live shows and I really I thought it was a bit draining actually because you you really need the audience that's the other half of of your performance it gives you that energy. yeah the energy and the meaning it's like okay here I'm talking to nobody we were there we, we watched so you know <laughs> you, you did you did have an audience we promise <laughs> yeah you and 20 more persons I think <laughs> And one of the things about this podcast is that we're talking to people about their music, um, and we're also interested in finding a bit more about your connection with the Nordic region, Mm -hmm. um, to give our listeners a bit more of a flavour of the Nordic region. And you come from Blekinge, Mm -hmm. originally, and all I know about that region Mm -hmm. is the city of Karlskrona, because I was a big Nils Holgersson fan, and uh, in Selma Lagerlof's book, there's some point Mm -hmm. that he gets there. So that's the only thing that I know about that. Okay. what can you tell us and our listeners about Blekinge? Uh, okay, um, it's in the south of Sweden, on the east coast. Uh, I grew up very close to the sea and um, to the fields and the forests. In a very, very, very beautiful uh, little village. The closest city is um, also a very beautiful old town, small, but Unfortunately, now that city is most known because of um, Sverige Demokraterna. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, so, so the leader, um, Åkesson, he's from Salvesborg. Mm-hmm. And 
So when when I mention Selvas Borg, everybody says, Ah, Jimmy Åkesson. That's tough. That uh, that's like, that oh, fuck. Yeah. Do you ever go back to that region? Much? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. My dad still lives where I grew up. So I'm there two times a year, maybe. Mm. Yeah. And how did you end up in Stockholm? When I was... Um, 17, I think. I moved to Malmö and started my almost adult life there and started my, my band First for Power there. And I lived there for four or five years, I think. And then I applied to an art school in Stockholm, Konstfack. I got in, so we, the whole, the full band moved up to Stockholm and that was in 1999. It's a long time ago now. Jesus. Uh, my God. And I still don't really feel that I belong in Stockholm. That's the weirdest thing. Why do you think that is? I don't know. My boyfriend lives in Malmö, so we, we travel to each other uh, every other week. So I spend a lot of time in Malmö, and Malmö is still my city. Yeah. It's I don't know why, because Malmö is pretty ugly. It's always, you know, bad weather. It's not always, but in the wintertime, it's really horrible. But I like it somehow. I think it's... It's still a little, you know, Stockholm is very clean and it's very expensive and uh, and also quite outstretched. So people don't live very close to each other. You have to travel. Mm. I mean, you live in London, so <laughs> <laughs> so I can't really <laughs> complain, perhaps. But um, but I do I do like Stockholm. Also, I think yeah. the nature is amazing. It is. It is, uh, and I. It's like a cliche, oh, the nature is amazing, but it is. Yeah. All my <laughs> friends who are from Malmö always tell me about how good the falafel is. Yeah. They always say it has the best falafel. Yeah, it, that's uh, true. <laughs> so I need to go one day for that. Uh, yeah. So last time we saw you was mm -hmm. actually uh, after your show in 2018 when you did uh, Who's Afraid of Jenny Wilson, mm -hmm. uh, which obviously reworked music you'd recorded uh, partly in English into mm -hmm. Swedish. Exactly. And um, just obviously since then you've now done this album in Swedish. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit about your decision to write lyrics in Swedish? Yeah, the, the decision came, the idea was born when I was doing that performance, um, Who's Afraid of Jenny Wilson, because it felt strange to perform in English. I, I don't know. It just made sense to, to do it in my own language. And when I, when I rewrote the songs in my own language, I felt that something was, something was happening that was really, really exciting. And I was almost shocked because the lyrics became so much, by far so much more horrendous and uh, explicit and here and now and, you know, I couldn't write those lyrics in English. And the English lyrics for uh, Trauma was not as good as the Swedish at all. They were not that brave, I think. Okay. So when I wrote in Swedish, I. I realized that I can do something here that I can't do in English because I'm not good enough in English. And also it's a, I mean it's a relief to, you know, use my own expressions. I can I can play with the language in a way I can't in English. 
I think it's a braver choice as well because yeah. when it's in your native language, yeah. there's less to hide behind. Than it definitely, in yeah. I mean, in the beginning, I, I didn't really know how to, how do I sing in Swedish? Because the only songs I sang in, in Swedish was, you know, children's songs and, you know, songs like, things like that. And so, so in the beginning, I felt very childish, like, La 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 la. Uh, but but then I yeah then I think I found something, found yeah. my expression, and and now I feel completely uh, safe doing it. And of course the the whole of Mesteraket is mm. also in Swedish. And, yes. And I think the the result of that is some of your mm. strongest lyrics. Mm. And my favorite track is uh, Universum's Grimmelag. Mm. You liken yourself to a war correspondent and, and mm. sing how after survival comes abandonment, self-contempt, mm. record release, self-destructiveness, yeah. that mm. cycle, I guess. And it struck me that the word resilience gets used a lot nowadays. Mm. Actually thinking about all of your career and everything that you've had to face during those cycles mm. is, I guess it's the definition of resilience really. So a bit of a shitty question, but do you have, would you say that you have a resilience tactic that you found helps you? Ooh. Well, I think the only thing I, I've known is to just deal with, I, with what I'm going through and deal with it through my music. I've been thinking of that now when, I, when I'm in a so much better place in my life than I've ever been, when I'm happy and I feel loved and, you know, I'm healthy and my kids are all right <laughs> and all that, you know. So now it's like, okay, how, what will I do next? Will I ever, ever again write about myself in the way that I've done before? Uh, it's really painful, not, not to write and make the music and write the lyrics, but it's painful to release it, it's painful to talk about it. Sometimes disgusting to sit in a TV sofa like, oh, good morning and welcome Jenny and how are you today? You know, it's like, Okay, I, I I remember when I released Exorcism, I was doing pretty yeah quite many interviews, uh, and it was like yeah it's over now, but it, I mean I was still in a shitty fucking place mentally, and now when I was releasing Mestavaket just a few months ago, I started to feel very stressed again, like okay, uh, and had a lot of anxiety and stuff and then I thought maybe it's not worth doing it one more time after this maybe I will just not write lyrics in a way that I t completely invite people uh, under my skin <laughs> When we were planning the interview, uh, Duran and I were saying how your music really should be a bit more widely known. It's I know. so good. And we wondered whether you will think about recording maybe simultaneous releases in Swedish and English, or would go back to English at some point. Mm. Is that is that something that interests yeah, you? I'm, I'm I'm thinking about that right now very much. I'm also asking myself if 
I really should release my own albums. I don't think I can manage it. It's too difficult because the last three albums, Mesterbeket, Trauma and Exorcism, I've done all my, by myself and it's, I don't have the muscles and I really feel it's so difficult now. Uh, so now I'm kind of, well, maybe I will look for an international indie label. I'm good at making things and make things happen, but I'm so fucking shitty and lousy to, you know, sell my music. So I, so I become very lonely now and, and independence has made me not just independent, but completely, you know, solitude. Yeah. Like nobody expects anything from me because, yeah. you know, I, I really need somebody to, to grab me, I think. Yeah. When you released the 10th anniversary reissue of uh, mm. Love and Youth, mm. you wrote in the notes for the songs, you wrote, I think it was for Bitter, No, I Just Love to Complain, oh, you wrote yeah, about yeah, yeah. <laughs> battling against those male execs in, mm. in big record labels mm. who would just tell a person what to do and it, mm. it was, thankfully, the flip side I guess to mm. doing it on your own is that you've not had to deal with that. Mm. Is there a middle way, do you think? Uh, I think there is a middle way, yeah. Do you know Sara Aspring? Yeah. And Perdelmar, yeah. yeah. She's one of my best friends and we are supporting each other so much with how to think, how to do things. We, we have a very similar career, I think. Uh, she is also running her own label, but now she has been, you know, um, looking around for a bigger label to release her. And I think there is a middle way and I think I also because so many things has ha changed since I released my first album in in the industry in how to release music and all you know all that and for me I I think I probably should do more strange music than I do now and, and go that path instead of trying to you know reach out because that's too difficult but but instead go be more underground but with a cool underground label to help me because i think in sweden i've been i've been on a level for you know quite many years maybe a decade now where i i'm almost there but i'm not still you know the value is just you know um what, what diminishing yeah exactly <laughs> And at the same time, you are often amongst big stars winning the Grammys. Yeah, yeah um, I know. That, that, that's the it's schizophrenic feeling, actually, because I'm, I'm there and I, I have the cred credibility and all that. But, but I'm not there because I, you know, I don't sell anything. I don't earn any money anymore, almost. It's like, oh, really difficult. I have to figure out how to continue my career. You mentioned Sarah Asprink, and yeah. um, one of the things that I've noticed about Swedish artists mm -hmm. is that they have uh, what we call in English called felicity. So it's it's the ability to be happy for other mm -hmm. people when they're successful and when they're you know when they're doing well. And you do that really well. You and Sarah always celebrate each other's mm. releases and successes. 
And we're wondering whether there are any other Nordic artists that you particularly like or are influenced by or that you can recommend to our listeners. Well, yeah, obviously, Alper Delmar is one. My boyfriend's band, Octopus Bride, is really good. They, they just released an album, which is fucking brilliant, I think. And you sing on it? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Background singing like a mad ghost. And we're just going to pause the interview here because Magnus from the Cardigans walked in and put the coffee machine on. So that was bubbling away merrily in the background and we decided that probably wouldn't make for the greatest audio for our podcast. But Jenny did offer to make us some coffee. So win some, lose some. Not my stomach. There's a beautiful smell of coffee. Yeah. Would you like a cup? I'm okay. Thank you so much to Jenny for that brilliant interview. She was pulled away to do the sound check for her show, which we were lucky enough to go to that night, and it was absolutely brilliant. And actually, earlier on in the interview, you will have heard the version of Let My Shoes Lead Me Forward, which was recorded from that very night. And now here is the special at-home recording that she did for us. Sit on my couch. Ouch. 
That was a special home recording by Jenny Wilson, which was originally devised for one of those performances that she referenced in the interview that had to be cancelled during the pandemic. And we're very grateful that she shared that with us. Thank you for joining us again on Melody AM, the Nordic Music Podcast, and we hope that you will join us again. There is also on our website an introducing playlist for people who might be new to Jenny Wilson. And so if you check out our website, you will find a Spotify playlist on there of what we believe to be Jenny's key tracks. And we don't think we mentioned it last week. There's also one for Asbjörn and there'll be one coming up for every artist we feature. Thank you for joining us. Hey door. Hey door. Hey door.